Welcome, friends, to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and I have some exciting news to share with all of you. My first book, Embolden, will be releasing on April 24th and is now available for presale at barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. My Emboldened book kind of encapsulates the message we're promoting here on the Life on Purpose podcast this year by using our experiences as an opportunity to either be emboldened or to embolden others. I co-wrote this book with my oldest daughter, Blair, and our hope was that women could find the strength and courage to do that after reading this encouragement journal. And as we keep moving ahead in 2021, I want to remind you that it is only with intention that we make things happen in our life. And with that, I'm happy to keep sharing incredible women with you and what they are doing to embolden their lives and those around them. As always, I hope you find these conversations inspiring and encouraging to know that no matter what your age or circumstance, you have the power and choice to make a difference and to be emboldened. To learn more about how to get a copy of Emboldened, just visit my website at amydebrick.com and get all the latest news and information there. I hope you enjoy these stories and I look forward to talking to you soon. Welcome everyone this morning on Life on Purpose podcast. We are going to be talking with career and life coach of Metamorphosis 101, Sarah Wong. And one of the reasons I'm so excited to have Sarah on this morning is now that we've shifted gears into this new year with Life on Purpose podcast, we're really focusing on a group of women that have not only been emboldened by other influences, but are also out there right now emboldening others. And so, Sarah, I'm so excited to have you this morning and have you share with the listeners what you're all about. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, let's just begin with, you know, I gave a, a small intro of what, you know, has been going on with you and what your career is, but tell the listeners, if you can, a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I live in Oakland, California, and I uh, was adopted from birth. Um, I have a BA in sociology from UC Irvine. And growing up, I was always um, a more anxious and very sensitive, uh, but always very tenacious and full of desire to help other people. And for many years, uh, I, I wanted to help others so much uh, that I sort of neglected myself in that process. And I almost felt guilty spending time focusing on myself or, you know, spending too much time in my own little world because I thought there was just this sense of guilt around it. Uh, so I ended up finding um, a job out of college working in not the nonprofit world. I was helping military veterans. I did a whole ton of community organization and development stuff and recruitment. And, you know, every single thing that I threw myself into was somehow, you know, helping others and, and, and really focusing my energy into, into that. And in my mid twenties, uh, not taking care of myself sort of started to catch up with me and slowly, but surely, my anxiety and depression and other sort of kind of negative thoughts started creeping their way in. And I started facing some, some pretty tough challenges uh, within my life. My job wasn't moving in the direction that I wanted it to. And over the last couple of years, um, basically the last three years or so, uh, I've slowly but surely been on this journey sort of to find myself again. And 
using the the emboldened right uh, I, I I was emboldened by others who really inspired me to to take that time within myself and to focus back into taking care of myself and into you know loving myself again and I've realized that kind of strangely or against my uh, my initial thought about it that the more that I love and care for myself the more that I actually became capable of helping and serving others so now uh, self-care self-love um, you know getting into a good healthy daily routine uh, has been extremely important in my life uh, I do lots of journaling and meditation and mindfulness work and uh, that's sort of what inspired uh, my business, my life and career coaching business, Metamorphosis 101, uh, that I started last year, um, kind of as my way and my little vehicle to help to pay forward the wisdom and the knowledge that I've gained within my life uh, to help others. So yeah, that's, that's sort of where I'm at right now with my business. <laughs> well, I love that. And I love that. Um... You know, you were able to, you know, not only you started putting yourself out regularly for others, but then you, you kind of circled it back and realized that you needed to put some of that effort into yourself. And I, I think for women, especially, it is so hard, especially uh, if you're have any caretaking, you know, um, abilities or just innate, you know, part of your personality at all to to apply that same love and attention to yourself. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. I think that that's really, it's a great thing that you were able to recognize that. And, you know, so I know that, mm -hmm. so you talk about this, you know, that's what brought you to this career as a life coach and, um, or a mm -hmm. career in life coach rather, but what exactly is metamorphosis 101? You know, I love that name. It's, you know, immediately you're thinking of the butter, the <laughs> cocoon and the butterfly. Um, so mm -hmm. what is it and why did you feel the need to create it? So talk a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. So metamorphosis 101 is, again, it's sort of my, my little, I like to call it my little rainbow vehicle of change. Um, and I felt the need to create it uh, last year um, really during sort of the circumstances of what's going on in the world. And I found myself uh, out of work and I have always had this desire to be an entrepreneur and to start my own business. But there was always, you know, five, re five million reasons why I wasn't ready to do it yet or some box that I had to tick in order to be qualified to, to do it. But last year, uh, I sort of just let go of a lot of that and I hired a, a couple career coaches of my own and um, they really inspired me. One, her name is Alana. I'm going to give her a little shout out. And she was really the one who inspired Metamorphosis 101. Uh, the work that I did with her was really centered around understanding what my core values are. And I did I had three sessions with her and we sat down. She started out with a big giant list of like a thousand different words. And we slowly but surely narrowed down that list of words to fall onto dedication, fairness, and love. And ever since I've sort of identified those three 
words as kind of my core values, that's sort of become my Northern star. And she really inspired me to, to learn and know that, um, that if I can stay anchored to those core values, then any of the work that I do, what, regardless of what job I have or where I'm working, if I can stay anchored to those values, then that's sort of how I can continuously find success and happiness and joy, right? Rather than, you know, needing jobs for these external factors, right? Rather than wanting to work for the biggest paycheck or the biggest job title or, you know, these things outside of myself, uh, I started steering that ship more from within and Metamorphosis 101, the name Metamorphosis 101 sort of came to me <laughs> um, after my work with her uh, because that was sort of the challenge that she gave to me after we were done working together where she was like, can you think of a name to sort of identify this that you can build as like a part of your brand? And it, you know, I, I was going through such a transformation within myself uh, because at the time, you know, I was transforming my pretty much everything, my sleep schedule, my diet, my habits, my lifestyle. I mean, everything in my life was changing. And I thought, okay, you know, Metamorphosis 101, this is my, you know, the introduction to, to transformation, right? I can teach people the basics of transformation. So that's really where the name came from and that's really what inspired it. So uh, kind of in the, in the theme of emboldening, um, the name Metamorphosis 101 really came from being emboldened by one of my coaches. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. love that, I love the change, the, because I, I, and probably I'm partial and a little biased to what you're saying, because I had to do <laughs> that whole um, evaluation from top to bottom. So I think when you make a mm -hmm. whole transformation, like you said, it was in every aspect of your life, it's so impactful mm -hmm. that, um, you know, and, and this, and this name has that special meaning because of the impact that that transformation made for you. And I, I love that. I was going to ask you if there was one person in your life or an experience that gave you that courage to change. So would you say it, it was Alana or is there somebody else? So yeah, yeah. Alana was definitely one, but I would have to say Beyond just any person um, is, I would say, the more the overall experience of really finding my identity and and rooting back to myself um, and, you know, kind of letting go of a lot of, I'll mention again, these external factors, right? I think for me, uh, I was very uh, dominated by the external pressure from other people, from my parents, you know, from my peers, from that sort of thing. And in that process of wanting so much to satisfy everybody around me, right, to be, to be who my dad wanted me to be, to be who my mom wanted me to be, to be good enough for my, even my biological family, because that was a huge, that was a huge thing for me over these last few years was in, you know, finding my biological family as an adoptee and that whole process of opening up to finding them and you know allowing myself that space to do things just for myself you know things that 
people in my life were telling me, don't do this, don't do this, it's not good for you. But in my heart and in my soul, I always felt like I need to do this, I need to do this. But I wasn't doing these things because of, you know, the pressure that I was feeling from the outside. But sort of last year, uh, or over the last couple of years, really, I have started to melt away a lot of that pressure and just sort of let myself make those decisions for for myself right so letting myself sort of steer that ship and i would say that overall experience of really empowering myself to make decisions while obviously respecting and you know taking um you know taking advice from others in my life, but not necessarily allowing others to have that control over my choices and really owning that. I would say that overall experience of owning my decisions and owning my power, um, that really gave me the courage to change. And I think it was in, you know, somebody like Alana, my other coach, Rob, I have another coach named Emmeline, you know, I have a number of different advisors and mentors and coaches over these last couple of years that, that really, uh, and even my therapist, I would have to give a huge shout out to her as well, um, have really given me that courage to make those decisions for myself and to, you know, respectfully um, know that it's okay if I don't necessarily agree with something that my dad wants me to do or something that my sister wants me to do or something that my friend or my peer or even my colleague or my boss or my manager, you know, I always, I was always just, I think a lot of women probably deal with this where, you know, we're people pleasers and we just want to make everybody happy all the time. And we don't want to be mean. We don't want to ruffle feathers. You know, we just want to like keep everything kind of calm. But in the, in that process, sometimes we feel like you lose yourself. Um, So I think just, finding myself again and like knowing that you know people aren't going to hate me people aren't going to (laughs) like reject me if i make a decision for myself and sort of owning that and and getting to that point of of really um you know i guess emboldening myself right to to make those decisions um it has been that overall experience i would say would be um what gave me that courage but of course along the way there's been a number of different people who have helped me uh really in getting there well i love that um there's a many things that you had just said there that really spoke to me and i think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things i see and i've experienced myself and i know many other women that have is i think that unless you're a very specific personality or very just naturally born Mm -hmm. confident person or confident woman. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we blur the lines between being humble and almost becoming a pushover because we're so worried about balancing, like you had said, um, just, you know, owning your own decisions and being able to respectfully disagree. And, and you can be, you can be confident and humble both. You don't have to be one or the other. And I think a lot of times that, you know, like I said, just in my whole confidence journey, part of the struggle is just, you know, that you feel like if you're one way, then you can't be the other, then you're, then you're rude or, and and I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's, well, I'm not sure. I, I know, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. There's a lot of labels around, um, you know, confident mm-hmm. people or, or, 
are expressing that. But I think that it's really important. And like you said, to just be able to get to a point to say, okay, I don't have to agree. I can respect this person, but I don't have to agree with everything that they're saying. And that doesn't have to be the end of the relationship or the end of whatever. And I think we, a lot of times, at least today, I, I feel like there's a huge lacking in being able to recognize that I can be both. I can be confident in who I am and still be mm -hmm. kind to the person next to me, even if I respectfully disagree with, you know, whatever it is, whatever they want for me or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think it's, um, I love that you kind of, yeah, you kind of came to that conclusion and, um, and recognize that. And it's funny because when you were also talking, I just recently posted this and, um, I have a, a private Facebook group where, um, we just kind of mm -hmm. uh, share just to lift each other up with anxiety and courage and all of that. And it says, mm -hmm. Maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that really isn't you. So you can be who you were meant to be in the first mm. place. And when you said that, I immediately thought of this post yeah. because it just, I felt like that's exactly almost kind of like what you were saying. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think that the, the culture, right, and the society, especially here in the Western world, you know, um, there is so much pressure, um, I think, especially on women to be selfless and, you know, to, 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 to put others above yourself, right? Like, there's right. this sort of standard, it seems, out in society that if you, that you, as a woman, if you, if you are putting yourself first, then, you know, th th there's just seems to be that still some, a lot of stigma around that. But I think we as women, like, you know, if you can get to that point of sort of just like turning off that external world for a little bit and focusing back into yourself and doing that work and taking the time and aligning yourself with other stronger women, you know, that, that are like-minded and that are uh, not afraid to um, empower themselves and, um, you know, to, to prioritize themselves. I think that, that that's, that's where we need to help in, in validating each other in those ways. Right. And, and to remind each other that it is okay. It not only is it okay, but it's actually necessary for us to, to give ourselves that space, right. To right. make those decisions for ourselves. Because if you, if you, if you, don't, if you don't make those decisions, if you kind of lose yourself in that process, at least for me, you know, um, I, I just thinking back to where I was sort of at my like rock bottom a couple years ago, you know, it, the, the reason that I was at that rock bottom was because I felt so kind of shelled of my identity and I just didn't even know who I was and doing the work, taking the time, to look back in and find myself again, I am incredibly so much more capable now today of taking care of people and serving others and being a good 
friend and being a good sister and being a good daughter and being a good, you know, everything, being a better colleague and a coach and everything. Like if I didn't take care of myself every single day and prioritize my self-care routine, there's no way I would be able to do the work that I'm doing right now. And so I think that in that process, uh, it seems a little counterintuitive at first. And I think if it's something that you haven't really accustomed to, or if you haven't really uh, spent a whole lot of time, it can be just like starting anything new. It can be a, a kind of, there can be some growing pains and some challenges along the way. But I think once you get into it and once you really spend enough time um, in, in that internal world a little bit, you realize just how much is to be gained um, because the internal world is, at least for me, it's something that I'm still accustoming myself to and learning about, but my exploration of the internal world has been so incredible and helpful, especially over this last year. Um, it's been so nice to have that as a place to find a little bit of solace and to go to, go to right, when I need, when I need um, to recharge my batteries a little bit and, and when I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed by what's going on, um, because it, I think it is easy, especially right now with everything going on in the world, to feel sort of taken away or um, over, you know, like it, if you pay too much attention to what's going on outside, it's very easy, I think, right now to sort of start losing that hope and to feel a little bit helpless. But right. the way to sort of combat that, at least through my experience has been to, it's okay to turn that off. It's okay to, to take that time to go back inside and just, you know, spend that time to, to not be afraid to spend that time and to not feel guilty for spending that time. Like, and to even know, right, to recognize if there are people in your life that are making you feel guilty or, or somehow, you know, I, I don't want to, I guess I can use the term gaslighting a little bit, but uh, sometimes um, that that's happened, you know, where you spend that time within yourself and then people sort of maybe make you feel bad or guilty about it. Like for at least for me, that's been sort of a, a learning lesson is in sort of knowing who, um, who, who really does have the best intentions for me in my life. The more that I've spent time within, the more that I've been able to know, like who actually is in alignment with, with that within me and who actually does care, right. About, about me bettering my life and about, um, you know, like, like helping myself. Right. And looking back sort of, I, there were people in my life who almost didn't want me helping myself right and recognizing that now um and knowing who and where to sort of um spend my time with i guess that's been another huge huge thing is 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 knowing that like i'm not going to align with everybody and that's okay right um I, I, I always just felt this overwhelming sense of wanting everybody to love me all the time and if everybody didn't love me i would get you know really upset and I would spend time like just criticizing myself thinking like what did I do wrong why don't they like me and now I know it's like it, it's it's that's just sort of how it goes not everybody's gonna like me all the time and that's totally okay and it's sort of about finding 
the people that do. And if anything beyond that, just loving myself first and foremost, right? Like if I love myself truly deeply, if somebody else on the outside doesn't love me, then it, 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 it does not affect me nearly as much. Right. Um, when I, when I have that genuine love for myself, the times in my life when I've really wavered and really felt that anxiety, when that anxiety has really taken over are the times when I haven't loved myself. Um, because, because I'm trying to find that, you know, I'm trying to fill that love from the outside, but I think it's sort of a, an interesting process to learn that you can fill that, that love from within. It's very possible. And it's just something that I don't think we are, we see often, or we're not very encouraged often to do that, but that's something that I now, um, you know, that's a huge part of my business is, is helping people fall back in love with themselves because I think it's just such an incredibly important thing for people. <laughs> right. Well, I think that, you know, many things there. One, you know, at first and foremost mm -hmm. is that, and like I had said before, there's a confusion that if you're putting yourself first, that you're just being selfish. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm a wife mm -hmm. and mom to four kids and, um, you know, mm -hmm. I, if I don't take care of myself first and put in the time and the effort for my self-care, mm -hmm then I'm not putting out anything good to anybody else anyway. So, you know, I need that 15 minutes or half hour sometimes of, um, you know, reading my devotional or whatever it is for somebody else, but I need to take that or hour for, um, to go for a walk or um, making sure I'm eating right and all mm -hmm. of that. Like if I'm not on top of myself, then I'm not gonna be on top mm -hmm on my, on my game for anybody else. So I think that there's, you know, it's a lot of those misconceptions that, um, you know, self-care always means selfish. Actually, I think just the opposite. I think the more you can pay attention to your own needs, the better you can be for anybody else around you. And I also think when you were talking about, you know, um, and I think it goes back to, you know, a confidence type thing, but quieting that noise you know, there's so much noise. The world is so noisy. Social media is noisy. You know, you mm -hmm. can't help but fall in those in those moments where, and even if you're not that person, like you had mentioned, mm -hmm. if you know, if you're worried about everybody liking you, but it's still easy to get caught up in the noise. Mm -hmm. And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, you get to a point where you're at now where you, you're finding the difference between it's okay to have acquaintances, but there's not every person you're meant to be vulnerable will with and you know be in the trenches with and that's okay you know um there and i also have learned that you know no one else should be expected to be the be all end all for us i think that that's mm -hmm. something that um you know, we have to figure out. And I think once you do that, and that's, you know, again, where you are now is you're recognizing that, you know, you need to love yourself first, because if you're not loving yourself first, then you can't really love anybody else. And you can't also receive the love that you get from the people around you. So I think that those are really um, great points that you brought up, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Um, because I think that people need to be reminded of that because I, I do agree with you. I think that, you know, there is a lot of noise and there's a lot of, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that, um, like to keep everybody in that noise. Um, you know, when you're in a lot of noise and you don't really have a moment to, to step out, um, it's hard to make a change. And so I do think some people thrive in the noise because it avoids necessary change. And we, and we both know change is hard. It's a commitment. And, um, yeah. And so unless you're up for it, um, it's easy to just be the noise. And so I love that you're kind of stepping outside of that and, um, in offering something not only for yourself, but now you've taken it to another level and you're offering this to women. So the last thing I really want to ask you Mm -hmm is, um, you know, obviously we've been talking about embolden. That is the theme for this. What is one way that Mm -hmm. you would embolden somebody else? If you had just one thing that you could do, um, to embolden someone, what would you say to someone? It's, it's very much in the same vein, I would say, as, as what I've been talking about and a lot of the work that I do with folks really is in reminding people to prioritize self-care and to love themselves. I work with a lot of people that deal with anxiety, depression, self-limiting beliefs. So for those that are kind of going through those issues and and facing those struggles, uh, I just encourage everybody out there to start somewhere when it comes to self-care to choose something to challenge yourself in some way to stay consistent with something every single day whether it's getting a bullet journal or meditating every day for 30 days or taking a yoga challenge or you know telling yourself i'm going to go for a walk every morning for 30 days something like that um i'm really into challenges, uh, self-care challenges. So that's what I would uh, encourage people to do out there is to embolden themselves, to give themselves that little bit of space every single day, to challenge themselves every single day, to, uh, to care for themselves, to give themselves that space, especially for those who maybe have been neglecting themselves or who, ha- who feel uh, that they don't have that love for themselves within. And it's a slow to grow process. Uh, if you, you know, haven't, haven't had like a daily self-care routine, it's definitely something that takes time, but I would just encourage folks out there to take that time, uh, especially if they are really going through that struggle because it just can be incredibly life-changing and it has been incredibly life-changing for me. It's sort of the idea of, you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else. So if you feel like you're, you can't breathe, you know, if you feel like you're, you're struggling to just stop, take that breath, give yourself that space and to not be afraid um, of, of loving yourself and of prioritizing your needs above everything else, because it really is so true that you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you are somebody who wants to help people, and if you are somebody who has a servant's heart, um, you have to, you have to put yourself first 
before you can help others. So that's really what I would encourage people out there to do is to not be afraid to take care of themselves. Yeah. I love that. I love the self-care challenge. I think that that's a great, um, everybody mm-hmm. loves a good challenge and that's, that's one of the best right there. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Sarah, how can um, mm-hmm. the listeners connect with you outside of this interview? A couple different ways. So um, I would say direct connection on LinkedIn is probably the best way. Um, my LinkedIn is uh, linkedin.com slash in slash Sarah Wong with an H M G M like Mary G like George. And as well, my website, www.metamorphosis101.me. And I'm also on Instagram, metamorphosis101.me. Those are probably the best ways to connect. Uh, But yeah, um, I would love to hear from people. I also have a mindfulness toolkit and other ways to sort of activate within those self-care challenges. That's something that I'm hoping to do more of this year is to actually organize self-care challenges. I did a journaling challenge at the end of last year where it was 30 days journaling every day with some organized prompts. So I have other ideas in the works for this year, similar sorts of things. So if anybody wants to take on a self-care challenge this year, I encourage you to get in touch um, to either go to my website and fill out the form or to, again, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you're interested in learning about what I have kind of in the works for this year when it comes to those challenges. But um, yeah, I just appreciate your time and I I hope I would love to hear from anybody out there. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This was such a wonderful conversation. I think really needed. I'm excited to have people, um, especially in this new year, you know, make a new change. So um, yes, definitely. We'll be setting out the promos and, and all of that for them to connect with you, but I'm excited. So thank you so much for being on this morning. Wonderful. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for us today. If you want some additional encouragement and resources, please go to my website at amydebrick.com. I look forward to having you meet me back here next week so we can move ahead with your next steps, feeling more confident and hopeful. In the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. Have a wonderful weekend and God bless.